And welcome back to episode four of the LA Countdown. I'm your host, Ava Brand. Today with me, I have Will Simons and Oscar Brito. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Got a lot to talk about today. It's our first time having three different people, so we've got a, a couple more teams to, that we can talk about. Yeah, Oscar, we're happy to have you. Oh, thank you so much. Um, it's been a bitter week with uh, Crypto.com, but but we're going to chug along. Happy we're going to chug along, it. yeah. Uh, right before we get into this episode, I will say uh, LA Sports just kind of disappointed this week. Bit of a down It wasn't week. too hard to get on the top three. No, right? not really. No, not at all. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, Oscar, we'll start with you. Who do you have for number three this week? So number one, or number three? Number yeah. three. Number three, oh, okay. Number three, I have the LA Rams. Um, despite two rough losses in prime time over the last couple weeks, I still think this team is probably one of the better built teams to win a title this year. Uh, the 49ers just honestly have the Rams number. For <laughs> they, sure. They've beaten them the last five, their last five meetings. Um, and on Monday night, they just came in and they ran 18 plays on that first drive, 14 of them rush plays. So I think the Rams really need to work on their defense. Um, they have the personnel. I mean, they just picked up Bond Miller, Jalen Ramsey's a stud cornerback. But I think they need to limit their turnovers. Um, we saw that pick six right after that first drive through uh, from Matt Stafford. Um, and they also need to establish the run a little bit more. They ran about 42 pass plays to only 10 run plays. And I think Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford looks a little average when he has the burden of all the offense on his shoulders. Um, and I think while the addition of Odell Beckham is a very exciting move, I think the loss of Robert Woods is going to prove to be very pivotal. I mean, he was an excellent blocker, and there was a lot of those third downs where I just noticed, like, Robert Woods would have been really clutch right here with a good catch. So, yeah, I'm looking for them to bounce back after the bye week uh, against the Packers. I think Sean McVay, I believe in that guy a lot. He's a very good yeah. coach. I believe after a bye week full of preparation, um, I think they'll bounce back versus the Packers. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, I think the weakness of the Rams defense is the fact that they have they have three really, really good defensive players. Uh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, Vaughn Miller, as you talked about. But Aside from that, their depth isn't great, and I think that's what the 49ers really exploited, especially in their rushing attack, is when you avoid, you know, the best cornerback in the NFL, and, you you know, with their outside runs, you avoid the best defensive tackle in the NFL, you know, the, the, the Rams don't quite have a lot that can stop you uh, on sort of their um, weaknesses on defense, and I think that's definitely something they're going to have to sort of figure out in the bye week. I'm, I'm not really that concerned about their offense. I think, um, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. is only, you know, going to get more ingratiated into that offense. So I think their offense will figure it out. Yeah, their offense did underperform this past week, mm -hmm. though, I will say. I know it's OBJ's first week as a Ram, but, I mean, come on. You have OBJ, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford, and you put up 10 points. Yeah. <laughs> like, no touch or – yeah. Uh, so, Will, speaking of football – who do you have out there at number three? Yeah, I'm staying with the NFL, and I'm talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, who are sort of on a similar path to the Rams in a way. You know, uh, they started out four and one, um, and since then they've won one of their last four games. Um, granted, they're still just a half game behind the Chiefs in the tight AFC West um, with a five and four record. Chiefs are at six and four, but it really feels like um, 
the Sunday night football game for the Chargers this week against the Steelers, that feels like a must-win game. I mean, the Steelers for are sure. com- the Steelers are coming off a tie against the Lions. That's <laughs> not a great look. They didn't even know it was possible to tie. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I do think this is a really important game for the Chargers to sort of build momentum. They've got some tough games coming up um, down the stretch. Um, and like I said, I mean, it's a tight division race. Um, but I, I, I think opponents are starting to figure out how to get, uh, defend against Justin Herbert. Um, if you look at um, his statistics over the last few games, he's not really been able to force the ball downfield. Um, he's averaging somewhere between five and six and a half um, uh, yards per attempt in the Chargers' losses, while it's over nine pretty consistently um, in their wins. Um, and uh, furthermore, in their three losses uh, over their last four games, he's thrown for just 195, 223, and 195 again um, passing yards. So I, I, I do think he's going to have to be able to push the ball downfield if the Chargers are going to have um, some offensive success later in the season, but also their defense, um, which I find more surprisingly because sort of like the Rams, they've got plenty of talent on defense. You've got Joey Bosa, an elite pass rusher. You've got Derwin James, who's a great um, uh, safety um, and furthermore, you've got one of the brightest young defensive minds in the league in Brendan Staley, um, their new head coach. So, um, you know, they've given up at least 24 points in their uh, last five games on defense. I, I do think that's going to be sort of the limiting factor for the Chargers and determining, you know, if they're going to make the playoffs and how far they would go if they do make the playoffs is they're going to need their defensive players to really step up. I think on top of that, um, Austin Eckler and Mike Williams, um, they're starting to slow down a little bit. I think the, with what uh, Austin Eckler, I think they're limiting him just because he might be. I'm, I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but he's not built <laughs> to be that workhorse mm-hmm. back. So they've been limiting him. And then Mike Williams, I know he's been dealing with a little knee injury. He's also slowed down heavily. Uh, he started off the season 91 yards, 122 yards versus the Chiefs, 165 yards versus the Browns. But Lately, he's just looked like uh, more like the receiver we've seen the past few years. I thought mm-hmm. he was really going to step into that alpha wide receiver one role, but at least Keenan Allen's been consistent, so that's the only positive. But also the defense, that that's big. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And yeah, I think Mike Williams kind of has to be that second option because there really isn't that other guy um, that can be a target for um, Justin Herbert on third down because – you, you, you know, I've noticed that defenses are just clamping down on Keenan Allen on third down. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Needs more weapons. Yes. The emergence of Mike Williams, I, I do think um, he's got to uh, sort of uh, find uh, that sort of strength that he had in the first few games of the season. For sure. Well, it sounds like the Clippers, or not the Clippers, it sounds like the Chargers and Rams have been slightly underperforming in your guys' perspectives. But who, a team that has not been underperforming is USC basketball. They are 3-0 and to start the season, the only uh, Power 5 team to have two true road wins, one being at Andy Enfield's um, former school, Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they have three players averaging double digits in Boogie Ellis, who is playing crazily, just meshing so well into the offense and defense and the team. Uh, he's actually leading the team in points per game. Uh, but behind him, there's Chavez Goodwin and Isaiah Mobley, who is averaging nearly a double-double, both of them, actually. Um, and Drew Peterson is averaging 9.3 points right behind them. So they, they're they just playing 
really good basketball, I think. And uh, they actually cracked into the top 25 right down there. Uh, mm-hmm. They're coming for their crosstown rival, UCLA. Still a long ways to go. To no, no. Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing. Um, but they've just been – they've had a really solid start to the season. Um, and I think cracking into the top five, they're just being honored with how – or being respected more with how strong of a team they can be and how they will be. And we'll see what they can do in the future once, like, Pac-12 play starts up in the next couple of weeks. But um, so far, a great start start to the season for the Trojans men's basketball. Yeah, I think Chavez Goodwin's the guy who's really – surprised me so far in the first few games of the season because to be honest last year I thought he was the most frustrating uh, oh yeah player to watch on the USC team because he's a, an incredible offensive rebounder um I think that's the the uh, part of his game that really shows out the most um and you know he he gets those offensive rebounds but he, he struggles to seem really put them back in you know he'll, he'll get the ball down at the post and he, he just can't um get it in the basket but and, you know, that sort of was evident last year. He just a 53.8 field goal percentage. And in three games, it's a small sample size, but he's already up to 67.7%. And he's scoring way more than he did last season. Um, granted, even with some more minutes. But I, I do think he's filling the role um, uh, that was sort of left um, when Evan Mobley departed for the NBA. I think he's really... Um, into that, you know, defensive anchor and great offensive rebounder um, at sort of the five spot. I think he's really sort of emerging into that role. Yeah, you mentioned his growth from last season. Being that, to be fair, they've only played three games, but he's averaging 15.7 points, which is the highest in his career. Um, Second highest is 11.9. And last season, it was 5.6. So I think he's really filling those shoes well that you said. Obviously, Evan Mobley, those are very difficult shoes to fill, but he's stepping up. Yeah. Real nice for the Trojans. Speaking, okay, so we're going to continue with basketball, it seems. Uh, let's start with you, Will. Who do you have at number two? I'm going with the Lakers. Now, they're, they've been a little inconsistent to the start of the season, especially the last few games. They've lost three of their last four. They're just eight and eight to start the season. But they do get LeBron James um, back soon. Um, I've seen reports that are saying that he's likely to return Friday night against the Celtics. Um, and you know, they, they could use him now. Um, they need him. Yeah. Uh, I, I think mainly on the defensive end, interestingly, um, the Lakers are allowing the third worst points per game, um, in the NBA, uh, on defense though, to, to be fair, um, they're, they're ranking in the middle of the pack in most defensive efficiency stats. Um, uh, but I, 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 but their offense has also um, been somewhat inconsistent. I think Russell Westbrook has improved a lot as the season has progressed. He, he's sort of, um, you know, l- learning how to play um, uh, with the Lakers and a team that sort of um, picked up a lot of free agents that may not have played much together before. So, I, and I think he's uh, sort of stepping to that point guard role. And um, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how this team looks uh, when it's fully healthy, sort of in the middle of the season. I think a big addition to the team so far, the lone bright spot from this tough start is Taylor Horton Tucker. He's come out 17 yeah. points, 28 points, 25 points. He's playing, playing stellar defense. I think he's going to be really, really vital if they make it far. Um, yeah, he's the X factor for them for sure. Uh, and I think it's going to be difficult, but LeBron and Westbrook, they need to learn how to like play with each other. I, I think um, – it's it's showing. I mean, I hate to admit it, but their age. I wanted it to be a denier of like, oh, they're they're old. They're not going to do good. But I wanted. 
I wanted it to be false, but it's it's proven to be true. Um, and with their in, amount of injuries already, I don't know if Melo can keep up this torrid pace he had of shooting like fifty percent from the three. Yeah, it's crazy. So. Hey, six man, yeah. Melo for six man. But yeah, yeah, I think I think the Lakers just kind of lack that synergy on offense right now. And I mean, the season is still young. We're still probably in the first third of it, yeah. but. I just don't know. Like, we have the Warriors. Like, some of them, they're just playing lights out. You know, Steph, like, Steph has shown he can keep this up all mm-hmm. season. It's not just, like, a hot streak he's on. Like, his season is a hot streak. Yeah. So, they really got to find things to click. Uh, but there is another team in Los Angeles playing at Crypto Arena soon. Uh, mm-hmm. Oscar, who do you have at number two? Uh, we have, I hate to admit it, we have LA Clippers. <laughs> fifth in the West. Who would have thought? This would be the better LA team about one month into the season. In the month of November, they've gotten eight and one with their only loss going against the red hot Chicago Bulls. Um, but the main reason I have them number two, not number one, is because the level of opposition they've played. I mean, they've beaten up on the Timberwolves three times <laughs> and a rebuilding Oklahoma Oklahoma City squad throughout this uh pace, this run. But I got to give a shout out to Paul George. He's been playing just at an absolute MVP level considering the situation with the team. Uh, In their latest win against the Spurs, he had 34 with 13 rebounds. Or he got to the line 13 times. I think he's playing with that same tenacity that we saw when he was younger in uh, Indiana. And honestly, I think this version of Paul George, I'm not sure if we can see this version of Paul George when Kawhi gets back. I feel like he's almost better when he's the main focal point of the offense and the offense runs through him because when Kawhi's back, he has to resort more to a spot-up shooter type role. Um, But other than that, I think Reggie Jackson, he's really picked up his play. He's looking like that Mr. June we saw back in the playoffs. (laughs) Um, He's averaging 20 points per game this uh, so far this month and four dimes. Nicholas Batum has also been like, he just reversed his career after coming back from Charlotte. Um, he's been playing very well. He's usually a, he's usually a guy that does the little things and doesn't really put up a lot of points, but he's been putting up really good numbers while shooting very efficiently, about 59%. Um, and also on top of that, the Clippers are also second in the league in defensive rating. So, so the Lakers, we see very subpar defense. We can see the difference. Defense wins championships. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think your I think your point about um, Paul George is really interesting because um, uh, you I think you're right about how different of a player he is when Kawhi is on the court versus off the court because I and I think we saw this a lot in the playoffs is when Kawhi is on the court he he's a little bit more hesitant when it comes to shooting the ball and you know he's been awesome shooting especially from deep this season and I think that's because like you said the, the Clippers he has to be that guy for them when when. You, you have Kawhi on the floor, though, who's a guy, you know, who can drop 30, 40, you know, in his sleep. Um, it, it, I, I do think that sort of psyche aspect to his game is going to be interesting to see, you know, if if that aggressiveness maybe changes if Kawhi comes back. So that's going to be interesting to look out for. So, Will, are you saying that Kawhi is what is causing pandemic P? It's a take. Um, <laughs> I... I I don't know how to feel about it, but I I'm saying it's a possibility. Okay, okay. I'm not going to commit to it. <laughs> okay, I feel yeah. Well, I'm going to agree with Oscar on this one. I have the Clippers at number two, but 
After hearing you guys talk about it, I think maybe it's just Paul George really at number two. I yeah. mean, he's leading the Clippers in every single category, even rebounds. Like you have a seven footer and Zubats, and Paul George is leading in rebounds. Like that's just a little crazy to me. Um, but yeah, that seven game win streak. They, you know, they did beat the Bulls, Charlotte, and Portland, who are all some of the better teams. Not the best, I would say, in the NBA right now. But the Bulls are playing lights out and. We have a few LA connections on that team, you know Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, mm-hmm. the Rosen. So shout out to them, Caruso. Caruso, <laughs> yeah, that tribute. Um, but yeah, I think the Clippers—they are the better basketball team in LA right now in the NBA. Uh, won eight of their last ten. Um, so and one of those losses being to the Bulls at home, which is a little disheartening, but. It's all right. It happens. Yeah. Paul George is just playing lights out and really carrying the team right now. A lot of game left in the season. The NBA For season sure. is a marathon. So oh, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, there will be plenty to still watch out for for the rest of the season. And we have the Lakers and Clippers playing soon. So this number two could shuffle a lot next sure. Friday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sticking with basketball. So we have two NBA teams. We have two NCAA teams. Oscar, who do you have at number one? Number one, I have the basketball team from Westwood. UCLA basketball has just been insane to start off the season. They've gone 4-0, and and they're coming off a very hot week where they defeated number four-ranked Villanova in an overtime thriller. Jaime Juarez Jr. has been playing beautiful basketball. He's been shooting 50% from the field and 57 per, or 57% from the field and 50% from the three. And then that overtime thoroughly dropped 21 and 13, um, 13 rebounds, that is. I really like the consistency that they've been playing with because after that tough, grueling win against Villanova, they just came out. They could have lost one of these next two games. They could have been trap games, but they just came out and beat Long Beach State and North Florida. And they dropped 198 while doing so, while playing tough defense. Uh, starting center, Miles Johnson, played phenomenal defense in the win against North Florida. Two steals, two blocks, grabbing 13 rebounds. Uh, and they've just moved over to the number two spot. So I think this next week is going to be a really big test for them as they play number one-ranked number one ranked Gonzaga on Tuesday on the second night of a back-to-back. Uh, we'll, have a, we'll have a chance to see how they play against Chet Holmgren really excited to watch that guy play that guy's a stud yeah um and yeah i just think they have a chance to really put a statement out to the rest of the college teams if they go out and get two wins versus top five teams in the span of 10 days um and they've all been doing this by the way without their five-star recruit Peyton watson like he has been playing but he hasn't been playing to the level they probably anticipated so um yeah i'm just I hate to admit it, but I'm very excited for UCLA basketball no i think it's crazy just to think that last march they were a play-in tournament. They had to play in to get into the NCAA tournament. And other than the, yeah. the number two team in Michigan the nation. State took them to overtime in the um, play-in, too. Yeah, I mean, like, they, they, the fact that they almost yeah. didn't even get in is just mind-blowing for me. Um, uh, very bold. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, and I was just going to add to um, what Oscar was saying. I, I'm really looking forward to that game against Gonzaga next week. I, I, I think that's going to be an, a really awesome game. I'm a little bit concerned about the Bruins defensively. You know, I, I think um, both Long Beach State and North Florida actually sort of um, you could you could it, UCLA gave it to them a little bit too easy, I think, on the defensive end. Um, and Gonzaga is going to take whatever UCLA um, gives it uh, to them on the defensive side. Um, I think Drew Timmy, that matchup with Miles Johnson is going to be awesome to watch. Um, 
if you watch the Gonzaga Texas game, Drew Timmy just dominated whatever defender Texas put on him. And I think Miles Johnson is a better defender than anybody Texas has. So I I, I don't think Drew Timmy will quite have the success, but I do think um, Gonzaga might uh, have some space um, uh, shooting from the outside that they maybe didn't have in that Texas game. So I think that's going to be a really big test for UCLA. But th- they're as deep a team as any in the um, in college basketball. So I, I, I really do think they're deserving of that number two ranking in the uh, NCAA. Yeah, for sure. Not to mention, though, 86 days between the time we're recording this and we see uh, UCLA versus UC- USC Those first are gonna basketball be some game, fun, which will be fun, fun. Games. fun. Um, is bold of you though, Oscar, doing rivalry re- rivalry week <laughs> for you to put a UCLA team at number one? That's <laughs> um, all right. I'll let it slide. USC or UCLA basketball—they are doing very well. Started off the season hot. Uh, Will, who do you have at number one this week? Um, I am sticking. Uh, I'm going to the pool. I'm going with USC men's water polo. Um, we haven't talked about them in a couple weeks, but they're uh, up to number two in the nation. Um, after a narrow 8-7, that game came down to the wire against uh, number three UCLA. Um, that uh, was the last game of the regular season. Um, USC finished the regular season 16-1, and and their only loss came to number one Cal, um, who I, if I was looking at the rankings, they were actually tied in points. So I think that mm. Cal game was sort of a tiebreaker that gave Cal the number one the overall edge, spot. Yeah. Um, Head-to-head matchups matter. Yeah, and um, right now the conference um, tournament is this weekend. The MPSF um, semifinal game for USC is on Saturday. I believe the opponent is still to be determined. And then if USC were to win that game, the finals would be on Sunday. Um, And then the NCAA tourney starts in uh, early December. Um, So I'm I'm certain uh, USC will be uh, in it. Um, You know, obviously the California team sort of dominate in water polo, so... Uh, be a lot of fun Pac-12 matchups coming up. Yeah, the MPSF tournament this weekend. Uh, USC actually has a chance to play UCLA in the semifinals if UCLA handles business against either Austin or Penn State. Um, so we'll see. That could be a big matchup, USC versus mm-hmm. UCLA in the semis. And then if uh, Cal, they have the chance to see Cal in the finals if Cal handles business, USC mm-hmm. handle business, which could really help them if they do get that victory. Yeah, a bit uh, of a revenge game. A bit of a revenge game help them for that NCAA tournament uh, ranking Yeah, for when they go. Um, I'm going to stick with USC sports, but head over to the soccer field. USC women's soccer. Um Perhaps, I don't know how you guys didn't mention them before. They are maybe the best L.A. team right now. Um, They're already in the NCAA tournament, came out of round one with a 6-0 victory over Grand Canyon. Um, They play again this weekend, Friday, against Penn State, 1-30, potentially Sunday if they win. But Croy Bethune is just playing out of her mind for the Trojans. She's really showing that she can be the X factor and – um, she's really turned the corner in the second half of the season. Just her production just has increased substantially, which the Trojans have needed, um, especially with P- Penelope Hawking dealing with an injury. But she is back. Uh, but they're just a dangerous duo up front. USC's their defense is playing well. Held Grand Canyon to only nine shots on the day, um, zero shots on goal. So they're just playing amazingly well, and. So last time we talked about them was right before the USC-UCLA game for the Pac-12 championship. Mm-hmm. 
USC did lose that game, but USA lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, the Trojans could really make a statement against or make a statement that they're the better soccer team in LA for women's uh, college if they go all the way, even make a deep tournament run in the NCAA. Yeah, and then I'm actually looking at the their um, NCAA bracket right now. Um, so uh, USC is the third seed in their side of the bracket. Um, and the two seed North Carolina also lost in the first round. Oh yeah, so I mean, uh, USC has actually got a pretty open look at at least getting into maybe the final eight of uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, like you said, you got Penn State on Saturday, and the winner of Hofstra and South Carolina would be after that, assuming USC advances, and then they'd face likely either BYU or Virginia um, in the. Um, uh, regional finals so USC has got a bit of an open look at it and like you said you know UCLA um, losing in the first round USC's got a chance to advance far past the Bruins yeah it'll be an exciting weekend for sure we got uh, USC women's soccer tomorrow UCLA versus USC football on Saturday which could really shake up our rankings we'll mm -hmm. see Jackson Dart is getting his first career start in Maybe the Trojans' most important game this season, you know. For sure. They say if they if you win this one, the rest of the season doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I mean, I'll take a victory. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure today meeting with you guys, hearing mm -hmm. your picks and everything. Had a lot of fun. A ton of fun. Enjoy all the sports action this weekend, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>